up in the night Your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Ooh, Freaky Friday The freakiest of Fridays Actually, the freakiest of Fridays I believe is going to be Wait a minute, wait a minute No, Next Friday is Friday the 13th Oh, we gotta get some spooky ones. We're gonna we're gonna have some good ones. I mean, they're always good. We will be physically in Toronto. We will be. Yes. So the, also, how freaky is that? You're so freaky. Be hearing us, and we're not even there. And we're going. That's the ultimate freakiness. And we're going to a place that is haunted on Friday the thirteenth. I think it's perfect. Ooh, I think that will give us double ghost. Yeah, you get mega ghosts on Friday. Yeah, 13th. they're bigger than average ghosts. What if we switch places with them? Freaky Friday style. <laughs> They're gonna then the folks that come to the Toronto show and the Detroit show get a whole different show because it's not <laughs> us. It's gonna be uh, a ghastly presence. Yes, um, instead of a gassy from, presence from which many is what centuries we are. ago. Yes, yeah, we're a gassy presence. They're a ghastly. <laughs> Boom, boom. Well, they're gonna be fun shows. All of these live shows. Working on all the. The topics now and writing all the outlines, and they're good, you guys. So good. I like did not want to go to sleep last night. I was now I'm I made it to Detroit, so I'm on Detroit, and I just wanted to keep going. I was mm-hmm. diving deep. Detroit's Plus, a fun one. Made me think of Detroiters, and now I'm excited to go because I love that show. R.I.P. Oh, Detroiters. Yeah, I'm also very excited to have some Detroit style pizza. Mm-hmm. So there's right that. in, right in with your Rex. <laughs> Yes, oh, please do send in your recs of where, and bonus points if they also have gluten-free. Yes, that would be amazing. We will definitely yeah, need that, any too. spots on the tour, go to Sinister.com slash live shows and just message us food places to go to <laughs> in all those locations because we always need, I don't want to just go on, you know, TripAdvisor, Yelp, that's all fine. I want y'all's opinions. Yeah. And y'all, you, know, you can't miss blank. I love those. Yep. Well, we are here for it because we're there to bring you entertainment. Close second, we're there to eat all the food we can in all yeah. the cities. Yeah, I got to try it. I got to yeah, try it. So. Well, today we're bringing you freaky stories. We are, and we've got some good ones as usual. We are, um, we, I tried to give a lot of variety, and there's some in here that we haven't heard yet. Some mm-hmm. kind of, some themes we haven't heard yet. So that's, that's fun. So buckle up. Yes. Buttercup. <laughs> well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. This first one is from Sadie. And the subject line is, was it an incubus? The band? <laughs> yeah, the entire band. <laughs> okay. I have virtually nowhere to debrief this story because of my profession. I've been a therapist for over 15 years, and this happened in 2019, 2020. One of my clients was an incubus. I have no other reason to explain what happened to me, and I even feel short of breath and shaky typing this. The client, a male, was a highly traumatized individual. So many traumas straight from being born and now in his 40s. Also relevant, I have two autoimmune disorders. Shortly after I started working with this man, I had a dream that I was walking my dog down the street, 
I live and work in a very rural and small community. In the dream, the client popped beside me and began walking with me. I remembered panicking in my dream because I cannot have any sort of a relationship with clients outside of therapy. He told me, don't worry, no one will believe you. I woke up so unsettled. This dream launched one to two dreams a week where I'd be doing normal things in my dream and the client would pop up and demand that I went with them in the dream. The client would stare at me in the dream and I'd feel stuck, desperate, and so dirty. I'd wake up very tired. I'd feel like the life was being sucked from me. As time went on, the dreams continued. I got sick and then sicker and sicker. Meanwhile, the client's reported chronic pain was dissipating. He was getting more and more well. By the end of 2019, I ended up hospitalized. I lost the use of my right side. Once discharged, I was feeling quite well, and the client was frantic to see me again. His pain was back. And guess what? After I saw him again, the dreams started all over again, and I started getting sick again. I started to feel sick to my stomach before each appointment with him. He was otherwise quite a good and enjoyable client, but he was sucking the life from me. The pandemic saved me from this client. He said that virtual appointments made him feel like he lost his connection to me, and he felt like it was time for him to move on. And he moved on. And I haven't had a single dream with him in it since, and my health has returned to my expected normal once more. Well, I'm sure the virtual appointments didn't work for him. If he was sucking your energy away from you, he needed to be in the same room. I didn't know an incubus could get you in your dreams. I thought that's how they did it. I thought that they, oh, is the it? Demons I don't know came... much about incubi. Is that the plural I, of incubus or so. incubuses? Are you googling uh, the plural yeah, of I'm incubus? incubus. <laughs> yeah, it's a male demon. I thought that demon. I thought that they came and mated with you in your sleep oh. and that's kind of how they yeah it says that it's similar to like the hat man or whatever it's like nightmares you see them in a nightmare it's like oh. they ride your chest or ride on you and suck your energy out of you dang well that would explain why he was popping up in her dreams and then she kept getting sick and sick sorry i just read on this wikipedia that some sources indicate that the succubus may be identified but by its unnaturally large or cold penis. Incubus or succubus? Incubus is the man. Succubus is the lady version. Okay, so an incubus can be identified by his giant cold dong? That's what it says on Wikipedia, so well, that's how you know it's legit. That's not something anybody wants. No, that's horrifying. But any there's people like this, whether they come to you in your dreams or not, that they just make you feel worse oh, being yeah. around them. Vampires, and, like energy yes. vampires, yeah. That's that's what it sounds like. And more than that, like health and wellness vampires. Yeah, yeah. But the dream part is freaky, especially no one will believe you. And popping up where you're just trying to go about your business in your dream, I hate it. I'm glad that you got away from him. I'm glad the virtual appointments thwarted his efforts. Isn't it interesting how the pandemic... I mean, destroyed a lot of things for a lot of us. But then in instances like this, saved some people from things. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've heard of other stuff like that, too. Yeah, it's just it's the way of the world. You know, some things happen and it says, well, if the, if it wasn't for this, then this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't for the pandemic, it was horrible for majority of people. But it just so happens that it saved this, you know, in this situation, saved her from the relationship. Yeah. So, well, we're glad you. you are feeling better. And hopefully he is 
he is also better and not trying to suck anybody's energy out of him. Right? That's a... Yeesh. That's especially hard if you're a therapist because you really have to give like mm-hmm. concentrated time and energy to somebody. Yeah. And that is rough. Well, this next one's from Joe, and this is a shakeup in the neighborhood. I grew up in a small town in the UK on a road where all neighbors know each other and would chat often about goings on in the neighborhood. Some of the neighbors had made recent comments about strange things going on recently, such as rubbish bins being ransacked for food. And one neighbor reportedly kept seeing a flashing light outside the window. But when she went to have a closer look, it would disappear. The joke was that there was a ghost on our road, meaning that nobody was really taking these things seriously. One night when I was home alone in the living room, something caught my eye out of the French window leading to the garden, and I was sure I saw a person. Terrified, I called my best friend who told me to go down and close the curtains, but reassured me that I had probably imagined it, as I had been watching a horror movie alone at the time. I didn't think much more of it, until a few weeks later, and the same thing happened. This time, I was 100% sure I'd seen someone, so I ran up to the first floor to look out of the window at the garden where I thought they were. After waiting some time, I finally saw them get up from where they were crouching in the corner and start walking back across my garden, apparently to leave onto the street. Well, on the occasion, I was not home alone, and I ran into my parents' room screaming. My dad proceeded to grab a cricket bat and head out to the street. He got the attention of our neighbors, and soon enough, most of them were out on the street and looking for the guy. The police were on their way, and my dad and the neighbors basically worked together to find the guy, then chase him into the police's path. He was arrested, and we all had to give statements. Now, if that isn't bad enough... Here's the really freaky stuff we found out after. The police searched the area and found that the guy had been living in one of my neighbor's garden sheds. They found empty food wrappers and worked out that he had been the one ransacking the bins for food leftovers. They also found a video camera and hundreds of tapes of me and my neighbors just going about our business. So the flashing light my neighbor kept seeing out of her window was the light on the video camera. All of this evidence was enough for police to bring charges of voyeurism. However, a trial never happened, as the perpetrator took his own life just a couple of weeks before he was due in court. Suffice to say, I'm very cautious about keeping my curtains firmly shut to this day. I mean, when you first think it's a ghost, worst case scenario is it is a person leering at you through the window. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was here. I get it that some people are having a rough time, and it, I I hope that we're all fortunate enough that we never have to ransack the bins for leftovers to survive. However, that does not give anybody the right to peep Mm-mm. and or especially film somebody through the window and make them feel unsafe in their own home. That is, the light was the video camera. Hundreds of videotapes. Hundreds you got to be there for a while to capture that much footage. That's so... How long has that been going on? The image of her knowing she saw someone and then just waiting to confirm it. And then you slowly see somebody slowly rise up from where they were crouching. When I envision that, chills. Mm -hmm. Takes my stomach. So terrifying. Yeah. Because you think... Of course, on the first one, you know, you call your friend, absolutely rational to be like, you're watching a movie, you're probably just a little creeped out. But then to say, I know what I saw, and then to be right. Fuck. That's one of my worst fears is seeing someone 
in my backyard at night because mm-hmm. from our living room, you can see straight into the backyard out of the, mm-hmm. the glass door and there's not a curtain or anything. And if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV and something catches my eye, oh, I'm, you know, that's why I have cameras with motion detectors everywhere, mm-hmm. because I can't see directly out the back door, but I my motion sensor sure goes off. But for a person that jumps into your backyard, that would be their worst nightmare, because they have to face pedals. <laughs> they so, do. <laughs> made a huge mistake. Jokes on them. Miscalculation. <laughs> like, what have we done? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Joe. And this next one is from Kathy, and the subject line is, help from dad or mom? Recently, I've started purging and downsizing in preparation for moving into a much smaller apartment this spring. I'm also replacing some pieces of furniture because it helps me get excited about moving if I have some new stuff to look forward to. Because my kids are teenagers now and no longer interested in playing it, the piano is one of the things that has to go. I don't play either. It was my father's piano, and after he died in 1994, the piano sat unplayed in my mother's home until 2016, when I hadn't moved to my home in Chicago. My mother was thrilled that my kids were taking lessons, and they enjoyed it for a while, but eventually they figured out that the piano wasn't their passion, and they stopped taking lessons. Mom died in 2019. My dad had been a classical pianist. He went to music college, so the piano was very important to him. I am super sad to give it up, but I am trying to let go of things and focus instead on the memories I have. Anyway, a local company buys used pianos, but they need a series of photographs of the piano, inside and out, to decide whether they're interested. So thanks to Google, I figured out how to remove the front and bottom panels of the piano to photograph the inside. It's far easier than you'd think. When I opened the front panel, something fell out onto the floor. It was an Allen wrench which I thought was really weird because although I have a gazillion Allen wrenches, I love Ikea, this one was blue, so it was definitely not from my collection. I thought the piano tuner guy must have accidentally left it in the piano. We've had it tuned several times in the past few years, so I didn't think much of it. Three hours later, UPS delivered a new chair I'd purchased. I say new, but it was actually gently used, which meant that although the hardware to assemble the chair was included, the tools to do so were not. I started to put the chair together and realized that, although it wasn't an Ikea chair, it needed an Allen wrench to assemble it. As you know, Allen wrenches come in a gazillion sizes, but I was shocked to discover that the one that fell out of the piano earlier that day was exactly the right size to assemble the chair. At first, I thought it was just a strange and funny coincidence, but since then, I have asked around and Googled and apparently Allen wrenches aren't a thing that piano tuners typically use. The wrench that they use is actually a female wrench. So did my dad, or maybe my mom, but I would guess dad, decide to help me out a little by providing the tool I need later that day? Can a piano be haunted? It's never done anything else that's interesting, but maybe it's trying to prove its utility now so that I don't sell or donate it after all. Thank you, I love you guys, and every single bit of content you create. Looking forward to seeing you in Chicago sometime soon. Hint, hint. Well, well we Kathy. are coming to Chicago and we have two shows, Kathy. Have- so please come to both. Come they to will both, both shows. be different. Two different topics, two different shows. And I say I love stuff like this because I think our energies, you know, that's my theory is after we pass on our energies, stay around. And whether it's a bunch of your dad's energies or just a little bit, that 
Timing, I think, is very, uh, it could, you know, anything could be a coincidence. But I love that that is such a kind-hearted thing that your dad said, here you go, kiddo, you need this wrench. I don't think you should get rid of that piano. It sounds like if it's the it's like the room of requirement. It's the piano of requirement. If you need something, you open the panel, it falls out. <laughs> and I, I appreciate the not wanting to hold on to things because that is something that I've, for years, have... You know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I think I can let go of this now. And it kind of, mm. it takes a while. So, and a piano is not small. So I get mm. that you want to hold on to the memories. But some things, maybe you keep it. It's true. Or maybe some, it's there for a reason. Like a part of it or something. When my grandmother's organ. Keep one it, key. So whoever gets it next <laughs> can't play can Never play the C flat. <laughs> my grandma's organ, we had it at my aunt's house and then I inherited it. But I, of course, I never played. And my mom found a church to donate it to. And my grandma was religious. And mom's like, it's going to have hymns played on it. Which, you know, that's, it's not just sitting and collected dust in my, it used to be in the former studio, my old house in our guest I room. I remember it. And so now it's at a church and it's being played and the community can enjoy oh, it and nice. everything. And so when you think of it that way of like the, my grandma is not a piano, but the piano yeah. can continue to bring joy. Like she brought us joy playing it with her. If I could, if only I could play, I never could, but I think that's something very sweet, but this is magical that the piano has the exact Allen wrench that you need the day that you need it. Mm-hmm. Come on now. My great-grandmother had an organ, and we had it in our house growing up, and then my mom sold it in a garage sale. So I'm (laughs) glad that yours went to a better place. And she's going to hear this and text me and be like, I did not sell it in a garage sale, because the running joke is she sold all of our childhood belongings in garage sales. But is it a joke? No. She sold all your your childhood stuff except for the evil dolls, which are in the attic, right? Um, I... Yeah, I think she kept on. I think those are still up there. Yeah. They're like, don't sell us. <laughs> she keeps trying to sell them and they keep finding their way back to the, <laughs> the attic. All right. This next one we have is from Jessica. And the subject line is freaky experience at the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. Around 10 years ago, we were on a family vacation to the Outer Banks, North Carolina. My mom loves lighthouses, so I agreed to climb to the top of the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse with her. Lighthouses have very narrow spiral staircases, with a slightly larger landing every so often. They had park rangers stationed at the landings to offer help if needed. I walked in front of my mom so she could hold on to me for balance if needed. We had made it approximately two-thirds of the way up the 257 steps when I felt my mom suddenly stop. When I turned around... All the color had drained from her face. She said she needed to go back down to the bottom. The park ranger stopped the people behind us from coming any further so we could descend the steps back to ground level. Once at the bottom, she still looked like she had seen a ghost and didn't want to tell me what was wrong. We decided to walk over to the small gift shop on site, mainly just to take advantage of their air conditioning. Once inside and she had calmed down, she told me she suddenly had a vision of herself in a colonial-type dress jumping over the side of the railing and falling all the way down. A sort of of out-of-body vision. She was watching herself do it. And she said the worst part, she felt like she was going to pull me down with her as she jumped. Needless to say, that alone was terrifying. While we were in the gift shop, I found a book on the history of the lighthouse. I just randomly opened the book to a page, and there was an illustration of the construction of the lighthouse. It showed a half-constructed lighthouse with a diagonal wire and a little cart riding down the wire from the top of the lighthouse to the ground level. 
The caption read something about how the original construction was led by Jack O'Neill. During construction, his two daughters loved to help out and play at the job site, including riding this small cart back down from the top of the lighthouse to the ground. Unfortunately, one time the braking system malfunctioned and his oldest daughter, Patricia, fell to her death. My mom's name is Patricia, maiden name O'Neill, and her father's name was Jack. Past life? What do we think? Past life or the spirit gloms on, finds similar energy? That is... The names is a spooky coincidence. Just on its own, it's spooky coincidence. But to have that vision, that is... That makes you, when you don't want to have that vision, it just comes on you. I would, I would have turned around and gone down too. Well, I'll tell you right now, it would take um, an act of Congress to get me up 257 steps. That's a lot of stairs. I started thinking about too many. The, back in the day. I don't know if you can go back up there now, but when I was in sixth grade, we went up the Statue of Liberty. And man, that was a lot of steps. Oh, Spiral staircase. I've never done it. Just like on Ghostbusters too, but it was so. But you, had, I was like, oh, it's so many stairs, I don't want to go. But mom's like, well, you never know when you're gonna get this chance again. And that's then true. They shut it down for a long time again. I'm not sure if you can get up there, but that's a lot of stairs, and to that's a lot of dedication. Once you've made it up two thirds yeah. of the way, to go, yeah, I'm not doing this. No, that's it's got to be pretty powerful. That you're like, oh, I came all this way, but I'm going back down. Yeah, you can't. You just like I'm I'll throw up if I get up there and not because I'm afraid of heights, it's because I'm afraid of this horrific vision. And that I'll drag my daughter down with me. It's one thing if you have the vision, but when your mom has it, that's even scarier because then you're worried about them also. Mm-hmm. Or especially if she says and it involves you and us both going down. Yeah. Like, no girl. One of us. Mm-hmm. You can go. I ain't going. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Jessica. The next one we have is from Julia. And the subject line is the chocolate martini stalker. Hey guys, longtime listener, first time call or writer. I'm a huge fan. I even came to watch you guys at a pop up improv show before the pandemic where Heather introduced Paris as her friend. Y'all were so sweet and funny. Thrilled for your success. Now, let's get into it. I was right out of college, living in my first big girl apartment by myself. The complex was set up with open air hallways, think breezeway styles, with stairs at either end. My apartment was on the second floor at the end, furthest from the parking lot. So when I came home, I would walk up the stairs, pass my neighbor's apartment door, and go into mine. After several months of living a fairly drama-free existence, a new neighbor moved in directly next door. He was older, probably mid-50s, and I instantly got an uneasy feeling when we crossed paths for the first time. Not long after my new neighbor's appearance, my initial feeling about him was confirmed when we started having weird run-ins. One day, my friend and I were coming back from day drinking at the pool when we walked past his door. It immediately swung open, as if he had been waiting for us, and he asked us a question about where a single bachelor could find help around the house and if we knew anyone. When I would leave my apartment, he would usually leave his within a few minutes, trying to engage me in conversation. I tried to brush off the strange timing, but the coincidences were just too uncanny. It got so bad that when I would come home, I would walk through the downstairs breezeway and up the stairs furthest from the parking lot to avoid walking by Creepster's door. After playing the Creepster shuffle for a few weeks, I came home one day to a bottle of chocolate martini mixer on my welcome mat. Puzzled, I moved it to the staircase thinking that it had fallen out of someone's grocery bag and got placed at my door by mistake. When I left later that evening, 
I almost tripped over the mixer that was placed back in my doorway. Confused, I took the mixer down to the curb on my way out, where our curbside trash pickup was. Upon my return to my apartment that night, the damn mixer was back at my door. Frustrated, I grabbed the mixer and marched to the dumpster to throw it away. I shoved the martini mixer from my mind, until one day, a bottle of Cosmopolitan mixer was waiting on my mat. Again, I would put the mixer on the curb, and it would wind up back at my door until I got angry and threw it away in the dumpster. This odd gift-giving continued with various drink mixers and small trinkets, until one day, I came home to a stack of cassette tapes. They were the blank kind for recording. This was the last straw. For some reason in my mind, those mixtapes crossed the line. Again, tossing them in my apartment, I made a beeline for the office to talk to the complex manager, where I immediately burst into tears. Hysterically, I explained about the strange gifts, how I felt unsafe, and demanded to know what they were going to do about it. The manager asked what apartment I lived in, and when I told her, her face immediately fell. Oh, she stammered, yes, well, we've had some complaints about your neighbor. I will tell you that the complex's courtesy officer actually lives across the hall from you and has been keeping an eye on you to make sure you're safe. She let me know that they were taking the proper course of action and not to worry. Not at all reassured, I returned to my apartment that night and immediately threw away the mixtapes. I told a friend I did not want to listen to an hour of Creepster's heavy breathing into a recorder. After my trip to the office, Creepster stopped giving gifts at my door. I don't know if the courtesy officer said something to him or if the tapes were his last grand gesture. He eventually moved out. I was told he was asked to leave, and I never had a run-in with him again. To this day, I'm thankful that his odd behavior didn't escalate beyond chocolate martini mixers and heavy breathing. I'm not going to lie that I'm sometimes curious as to what was on those tapes, but mostly just relieved. I guess the moral of the story is always to be wary of chocolate martinis. Thanks for reading and keep it creepy always. I have a couple things to say. <laughs> I figured you might. Um, I'm assuming this is in Dallas because they came to a show. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the type of apartments we have here. Yes. And so this, the way she's describing it reminds me of my very first apartment I lived in when I was in Dallas. So I can like picture this entire thing happening in my head. And I think I would have the same reaction of like, oh, this probably fell out of somebody's bag and it was in the walkway so somebody walking just like set it by the closest door they could find but then you come back and it's there again Mm-mm. and then again Mm-mm. also who the fuck wants chocolate martini mixer you're not even leaving alcohol you're giving somebody homework you're giving them the mixer she's got to go out and get the the liquor to put in it same with the cosmopolitan <laughs> You're not even a good stocky <laughs> gift giver. You gave me an assignment. You did. You gave me a chore to do. <laughs> or you just drink it like juice and it's not good. Gross. Oh, so mm-hmm. gross. It's so syrup. Those are always so syrupy. There's some good mm-hmm. ones, but I'm imagining he's not getting the top shelf mixers. I don't no. know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I 1000% would have listened to the tape. But oh, yeah. I I'm think I would have had the, to. I'm not in the situation. And what if it was, I'm looking in your window right that, now. Yeah. You know. I think I would have had to take it to a friend's house and listen with someone because I would have been terrified. Very clear that he was looking at the peephole, waiting to hear you walk by, 
and open the door so he could conveniently just run into you. That's so creepy. Because, you know, also apartment complex. If you have gotten complaints and the security officer is keeping an eye on one of your residents to make sure they're safe, you have a responsibility to tell that resident what the deal is. For sure. I mean, I think so. It may be a they don't want to incur any liability, but. I had a weird neighbor when I lived in the very first oh, you, the, apartment. The, yeah, and then she likes asparagus. The celery stalk. So- it's got a new name now, <laughs> but it was <laughs> just some from the vegetable aisle. Uh, the old celery stalk, and she was beneath us. And she, if I would walk down my stairs, she would pop out and follow me and try to follow me in my car. And then she's the one that ended up she let the air out of my tires, and I, my boss had to come and fill my tires up and. She was, and they had to throw her out because she, you, you get evicted if you damage somebody else's property. As and you should. She tried to come in our. She goes, "Can I just use your internet?" I was like, "No." <laughs> well, was I just she just unhinged? You. Yeah, I think she was. She lived by herself. She had family around, but they didn't. You know, I think they eventually called her family. But she had had warnings from the complex that was like, "Stop harassing people when they come by." She would smoke right by everybody's doors, and you had to be so many feet away. She was just breaking a lot of like mm-hmm. after being told to not to. But it's hard. I know that feeling, and this is. I feel like this situation that Julia was in was more. I was nervous to come home because I really don't like confrontations and I'm like weird about it. But if it's somebody that is like a man that's clearly watching you and you're single. And I lived with my boyfriend at the time. So there was at least two of us. We were, you know, we had the goose who's very, she's vicious, (laughs) but you know, when you're by your, you're, you know, single by yourself and you feel like somebody's watching you, that is such a, it's so invasive and it's your home and you have the right, even if you're in a community living situation, you have the right to feel safe in your home and the right to feel like you're not being watched and everything. I think you're right that the security officer and, or the management should have said, hi, we just want to make you aware your neighbor is being watched by the security officer. Just you're having to change your daily routine like you can't come up the stairs you want to come up and you got to take the long way to try and avoid this guy that's when it goes from just being like oh this is kind of weird to your gut is telling you i need to avoid this person he is not safe yeah and i get it you know if some people want to just be friendly and i've uh, Leanne lives in some apartments and she has a neighbor who's an older guy and he's just really nice and she brings him food on Thanksgiving and it's not a weird but when you have someone that's like hello lady yeah. I want to talk about a single bachelor and put stuff on your porch trying to leave even- you liquor and stuff which mm. is suggestive in and of itself well, other you trinkets leave- who knows what that was she clearly threw the first one away, you know, and didn't. I mean, I don't he know. Went if he went down. She-, she threw it in the dumpster. He went to the dumpster and the got it out. So he. Had to have watched her do that to know where to go get it from. And same then with the other one. Yeah. So all that stuff crosses the line from just saying hi and being friendly to being a, I think creepster is the the word. Yeah. You did the right thing by telling the management what was going on. And I'm glad they they took action. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Julia. Our final one today is from Jenna. And the subject line is retail haunting. Hi, Christy and Heather. Many years ago, I was working an overnight retail position. Already a creepy setting. The store was closed, so only a few co-workers were in the building. Lights were at half brightness, and I worked in a huge area with only one other person. We had encountered some weird things, like finding fixtures that had moved on their own, but could usually explain or debunk those. 
I'm not sure what led to the sudden increase in events, but it still sends shivers down my spine to this day. The first real WTF moment I can recall, I was walking over to where my coworker was finishing up a project, and I heard loud footsteps running up behind me. My boss fancied himself a real prankster, so I just expected it was him. I spun around and found no one there, but was greeted with a blast of cold air. It freaked me out a little bit, but I ultimately told myself it was nothing. A few weeks later, I was working by myself in a section and saw my coworker almost running up to me, looking pretty pale. She said, were you just over in my section? I told her no, I had been in the same spot for 20 minutes or so and asked if she was okay. She said she had been working in a spot across the store and had heard a voice behind her. When she listened close, she recognized it was my voice telling her, Hey, I need your help. Come here. She expected to see me when she turned around, but instead found she was alone. We had just gotten over the voice-stealing ghost incident when I was again working on a solo project and heard something. I whipped around, again anticipating my annoying boss trying to sneak up on me but was greeted with a mist. It was semi-transparent, black, and very tall. I'm 5'8", and it was significantly taller than me, almost looming over me. I was frozen in fear and stood there in shock as the mist disappeared after a few seconds. But the scariest experience was yet to come. My coworker and I were again working in different departments across the store from each other. I heard footsteps behind me, and before I could even turn around, I felt like the air had been sucked from my lungs. I gasped and stumbled forward, but when I looked back, no one was there. I immediately took off in the direction of my coworker and was surprised to see her beelining toward me. I said something along the lines of, this fucking ghost is pissing me off. She was visibly paled and replied, wait, you too? It seems that at nearly the same time, that asshole was knocking the wind out of me She had heard my voice behind her, but of course, when she turned to look, I wasn't there. We took a few moments to calm down, and I noticed that my back, between my shoulder blades, was sore and kind of stinging. I asked her to look, and as she peered down the back of my shirt, she said, You have a handprint on your back. She took a picture with her phone, and we could make out five finger outlines with a small mark where the palm would have been. It faded by the end of my shift that night both the outline and the pain, but I was terrified for much longer. We both quit shortly after, unrelated to the ghost, which kind of amuses me that the haunting was basically no big deal compared to the usual retail nightmare. So I don't know what happened with the ghost, thankfully. I asked her if she still had the picture, but sadly, or maybe fortunately, so she isn't carrying that negative energy around, she had lost it while getting a new phone. Thanks for your fantastic podcast. I really love the addition of Freaky Fridays and enjoy listening to them on my walks around the neighborhood. You are a dedicated employee to finish that shift after you have a ghost handprint on your back. The ghost smacks the shit out of you, steals your voice, and you're like, well, got to keep going. (laughs) Got to get back to work. And that that is the definition of retail. You're like, yeah. God, this fucking sucks, but I have to do it. You're like, getting slapped by the ghost is awful, but getting griped out by my manager is mm-hmm. worse. So I will finish this one off to hear yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's almost like it happened at the same time. The ghost mm-hmm. hit her in the back and like smacked her voice out of her to where it then projected across the room to where the coworker heard it. 
That's creepy that the ghost is like, hey, I need your help. Come Mm-mm. here to trick the coworker to going somewhere, probably, so they could get ghosted. I don't, you know, like get <laughs> taken and possessed or something. I don't like that. I don't like a ghost throwing its voice, throwing somebody else's voice. I'm in my head, this is a bed, bath, and beyond. Of course. Yeah. So, I was thinking, like, yeah, bed, bath, and beyond, yeah. rooms and things. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they don't the, have those anymore. the ghost is, well, that's what's in the beyond, I guess, is we, fi- we figured it out. <laughs> That's nobody wants to work in the beyond section because this is what happens at nighttime when the lights are low. The beyond section comes into the bed and bath. Mm-mm. There's some overlapping. Yeah, that the is. The ghost is like, I need your help. I need to find 300 um, thread count sheets, <laughs> which is actually a very low thread count. So the ghost needs to up its game. <laughs> up it, up your game, ghost. I need to register for some china for my upcoming wedding. Uh, that is completely wild, though, to have both you and your coworker and it happening multiple times mm-hmm. on multiple different days spooky stuff Ugh. no but i'm I glad you work a night us. shift after the first time that happened no for, yeah. although thinking about it now from my retail days customers or ghosts like i'll take ghosts honestly yeah you're right <laughs> i would take ghosts anytime <laughs> over some of the customers i had to deal with yeah jenna was right jenna was right <laughs> to take yeah. the night shift uh yeah. but that is Wild stuff. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, and thank you so much, Julia, and thank you so much, Jessica, and Kathy, Joe, and Sadie. You all brought it. You brought it. So many J names, too. For a minute, I was like, are we going to have all J names? Uh Uh-huh. Well, if you have a J name or any name, I can start with anything you want. could be a symbol. Just (laughs) go by a feeling. I met one of the guys we met while we were shooting the movie. His name was Seven. And I was like, like Seinfeld. Turns out, <laughs> oh. not a ubiquitous reference. Yeah, did, what, is that what it was from? No, I think it. I think it was a uh, you know cool nickname, cool oh, guy nickname. He wasn't like the seventh uh, one in, of his lineage. Not that I heard. I knew a guy that went by Trip because he was the third. Oh, it was also a nickname. Trey or Trip, I like that. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel that Trip's good. Trip, yeah. Well, whatever your name may be, if you have a Freaky Friday story, if you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you've felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at Sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. And you know what's freaky is we're about to leave town soon. For a lot, long time. For so many days, uh-huh. and we're going to be in so many great places. And if you're listening and you're in one of these places, Ohio Illinois. We're going to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Milwaukee? I Milwaukee. know. I've never been to Canada. I'm so pumped. Milwaukee, there's a really good place I remember eating duck fat fries at. That oh, I'm hell gonna yeah. I'm trying to see if we can go back to. All Doing about Doing two nights in Chicago. My my home away from home, Chicago. Two different Chicago stories. So if you're going to one Chicago show, go to the second one because it's going to be two different shows, two different nights. Two different both laughs, two different <laughs> sets of jokes. Two different outfits. Two, oh, I was just about to say two different outfits. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to somebody play it. Boston is going to be a riot. Stoked about it. My former Boston's co-worker. already looking real lit. Ticket sales are. We're, we're getting close to that one being sold out. So get yours Fire. while you can. Uh, yeah, my favorite coworker moved to Rhode Island and is going to come down from oh, Rhode Island. Nice. So you don't have to be in Boston to go to the Boston show. And Florida, we're going to have quite a time all over yeah. Florida. I hear there's the guy with the snake cart in Tampa. We're going to see him. What? A Tampa. cart of snakes? Got a cart full of snakes on the Ebor Ebor Strip. I heard about it in a Nick Carter song. <laughs> Wait, like uh, instead of hot dogs, it's snakes? 
he doesn't sell them. I believe you can pay him to hold the snake and take a photograph. Oh, wow. I was made aware of this by our, our pal Victoria, and I said, I must find him. So our, well, I believe the Tampa Improv... There's also Improv- Gator Farms, which I have been to several. Well, the, the place we're playing the show is near where he, this man wanders and roams. So. Oh, well, we'll have to go find him. We'll invite him in. <laughs> invite him <laughs> With to as show. many Florida man stories as there are, there is no shortage of stories that we're going to have to tell cover. in Florida. Oh, for sure. And uh, you know what? Space is limited, the cart, snake cart guy. So if there's space, we'll let the snake cart guy in. But True. TBD on Who that. Who knows but how yeah. many snakes he has? They're all going to need a, their own chair, probably. Oh, yeah. The snakes don't share seats. No, they're all separate <laughs> seats. But, yeah, if you're in any of those places or want to go to any of those places, make a trip out of it. Let's do it. Detroit, Philly. Who knows? We'll see you there. New York City. New York New- City, baby. New York City. <laughs> you guys remember that reference? It's going to be a fun, fun time. I've never been to Canada. Have you? I have. I went to Niagara Falls with my folks. You and I and Tommy and Liam will drive through Niagara Falls from Cleveland on our way through to Toronto. Through the falls, straight through the waterfall. Oh, right over I'm the going barrel. over in a barrel. Um, that's yeah. how I'm getting from one side to the other. We're going to strap a barrel to the top of the rent car and then <laughs> go over the side. Well, come join us for one, all of them. I would love groupies. Oh, it'd be they amazing. They come to like all of our shows. If we start getting uh, sinister heads, oh, like yeah. dead heads, but they're sinister heads. <laughs> I love it. Mike, Mike can come up with a better groupie name than that, but that was just off the top of my head. You know what? First idea, best idea. Well, if you yeah. want to be a Sinister Head, collect all your tickets now. Pokemon it. Get one ticket to mm-hmm. every city at SinisterHead.com slash live shows. If someone comes to every single show on this tour, yeah, we'll do something big for you. You you could be a guest on the show. Whoa. We could do a bonus episode at, as a, and interview you. Yeah, about You'd your have to, experience. It's you got to go to everyone though. It's like a punch card. We'll make yes. a punch card. I bet my mother would make a punch card. Yeah, yeah. Get Nancy McKitty punch card. She made a punch card for Frank when he was coming to Thanksgiving. She told me he had to come to three Thanksgivings in a row to become a family member. Did so she would it? punch his card. He did. He did it. I love that she brought a hole punch to each one of those oh, yeah. Thanksgivings. Just in go. case. Don't leave home without your whole punch. That's true. She probably always has it. Yes. If you can prove that you came to all of our shows, then you can be a guest on a bonus episode. Yeah. Of we'll do the it. show. The you whole heard interview. it here, folks. Get them now. <laughs> Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. It's you and I just bullshitting and then going, that's a thing now. We're making it a thing. <laughs> there was no discussion beforehand. Nope. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. That'd be cool. And then, yeah, now it's a thing. We yes, Andy, just how this whole entire segment started. It was before the Tool concert That's true. at, at Macero in Victory Park. We're just like, let's do weird stories on Fridays. That'd yep. be fun. And here we are. Here we so, are. So let's do a thing together in any of these cities. Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. We will see you out there. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear... Consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making and hosting the show. As a special thank you, you get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tiers, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, which was the Sherry Papini mini-sode in April where we talked about the divorce as well as her plea agreement, and you get patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, What It Drama, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. 
You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we also host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. I was just wearing my Donna Laser and the Meat Warlocks t-shirt last night, and that is such a dope design. It is. It's great. Shout out. Shout out to Day Off. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag designed by some amazing artists, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. Just take their phone. Just yeah. just have them follow. You can even share episodes. Click those three little dots in the top corner and you can just share an episode with somebody. If you're like, man, my friend thought that they had an incubus as a client too. They really need to hear this episode. Boop. Done shared it i love it because you can just text it's you get a text message with an episode and all they have to do is click on it yeah so easy super easy you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at sinisterhood pod and like us on facebook at sinisterhood you can also follow us on tiktok we'll do some we'll do some behind the scenes tour stuff (laughs) on tiktok i'm promising this will we leanne will help she knows the computers uh and also on youtube Christy, where are you at? I am on Instagram at Christy and Wallace, and I am on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinning. <laughs>